There's been an awakening. Have you felt it? Hello, what have we here? Those guys are so fun. Hello. Oh, there's a C3 penis face and R2 dickhead. Hello there. Lucky, found someone you have, I would say. <laughs> May the force be with you, fucking A. You guys are a bunch of jackasses. Oh my god, good day, Galaxy Rogue Squadron Podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. Oh man, that was so much fun. Yes, yes, that was, uh, if you noticed, we, we did some extra special stuff because this is our four-year anniversary episode, episode 130. Hell yeah. So we had uh, we asked all of our Patreon members to yell at us and sing our our theme song along, and we were going to splice it together, and that's what you just heard. So <laughs> it was it was a joy listening through all those and <laughs> and piecing everything together. We had some. I'm, I'm going to put everything in full at the end of the episode, so you can hear what these guys sent us in full, all bloopers and all, and it was absolutely ridiculous. Uh, it was a blast, man. I think the one that was actually spot on was Logan's um, Yoda impression. Okay. Everything yeah. else was absolutely ridiculous. And Dane trying to do the, the Wookiee yell was... <laughs> it just sounded <laughs> he like just he was gargling salt water. Like, <laughs> Oh my gosh, I know. It was awesome. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. So thanks guys for, you know, being patrons and digging the show and staying with us and sending that over is a lot of fun makes it extra special i can't believe it's been four fucking years man yeah four years is it to the day actually yeah it worked out that it is to the day well that's easy to uh uh what am i talking about extambulate <laughs> extambulate <laughs> so today's uh my mom's birthday so oh, it's very nice an easy one to remember um yeah four years man four you know, years and four studios i think yeah. So uh, recently, my <laughs> girlfriend listened to one of our most recent episodes and she got all caught up. And then she went back to the intro shit, the like first pilot <laughs> stuff. I was like, just hold on to something because <laughs> it's, it's going to be bad. Uh, but yeah, it was it's fun, cool. man. It's cool braving doing that, going all the way back and listening. And you, you, it's noticeable how much we've grown. Uh, and how we flushed stuff out and brought other stuff on, and it's uh, it was a mess back then, though, because it, well, it got sloppy. Yeah, well, to it think was, we were drinking way too much and uh, weren't even a Star Wars show at first. Yeah. We started, we just like put the mics on, and we didn't know what we were going to talk about. We opened with the BT Bam song, and then we started talking about the walking stick in the corner and some guy walking outside of the window in my, from my old apartment. <laughs> We didn't even really know. And then we played music in the background the entire time, like Van Halen and Metallica and shit. <laughs> I do remember that because I was just like, put on some Panama. I'm going to burn a school building down. Yeah. Like, Because <laughs> that's what how that? we always talk about how, you know, how things, how it got rolling in the first place. We always have music on. So we wanted some music in the background, but, you know, it took a while to find the actual background music that we use to this day. Yeah, man. Four years is a, it's a long time. It's a hell so. of a time. So thank you guys. Thanks for everybody. tuning in on, on this episode, 130. Uh, 130. Like we mentioned, Patreon page. Did we mention? Which, is, which did happen in about the past 
six months ish is when we really started bringing that stuff on. Yeah, about August, wow. I think. Yeah. So if you guys are fans of the show and like to support us, you can head on over to the Patreon page. Nope. You can search Rogue Squad Pod or Rogue Squadron Podcast. You'll find us. Mm-hmm. You guys can do whatever you want. Dollar a month, or you want to do the the five dollar tier? Buy us a beer a month. That'd be awesome. Thirty or fifty or whatever. Fifty, yeah, fifty beers a month. Twenty thousand Republic three hundred dollars if you want. <laughs> so um, yeah, we had a and we had a cool group call that we did with everybody earlier today, which those end up going up on YouTube and on the podcast feed, and they're a blast because it's us times you know eight because there's so many of us in there, just being as ridiculous as possible. But it is cool to to hear from everybody, and mm-hmm. those go, those get posted up uh, a week after they happen, right? On on YouTube? Uh, no, on YouTube they go up. They go up right okay. away. Cool. It'll be so if you ever if you ever want to be a part of that, hey, you can do it. The way to go, you can do it. Yeah, you can do it. Uh, so we've got an extra special episode. We got a lot of stuff to talk about, even mm-hmm. though it's not big on like Star Wars news. There's a lot of cool things that uh, that we can talk about. So, still waiting on that solo trailer. That, yeah, we are still waiting on the solo trailer. It's not going to come out ever. The movies, if it's, it's fake, it's gonna, not well, real. Yeah, the trailer is going to be on the special features on the Blu-ray. Yeah, for everybody. Uh, man, I I cracked open the Ahsoka book. Um, good so far. I'm I'm very happy because I always like the Ahsoka regardless. So yeah, it's cool to see her uh, and. Uh, have a complete story from her point of view is mm-hmm. always, it's awesome. Yeah. Um, we will be discussing Mopar watched Rogue One last night Ooh. and I sat there and was just like, this is fucking awesome. And I just, every, even the criticism that they, that you guys or anybody has about the movie, the movie as a whole is so good and it is like a fan service film, mm-hmm. but I'm a fan. Yeah. So I fucking love it. Yeah. I mean, just just thinking about the like a quick thing. The fact that we see Vader and he has a castle on Mustafar. Are you kidding me? I can't believe that's that made it in. Want. Oh my god! I can't believe they did that. That's, that's some crazy so, shit. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, but I'll I'll discuss that uh, in depth here in a little bit. Um, Which means we're gonna have to re rank everything now too, huh? Yeah, I was gonna re rank because I, I Mopar. I am pushing Rogue One up, which yeah. means something has to fall. So I am going to make a hard decision here. I think it's going to be Empire, but I'm excited to see. Yeah, yeah. Um, I watched, I think it was called Myths and Monsters? Myths and something. It was about the, uh, they were discussing kind of uh, how myths come along and stories uh, that we all know, like Hercules and uh, Adam and the Round Table or whatever the hell Ass Jack is. but there, there's a, like a, a hero template that they yep. use, yep. and they even uh, referred to Star Wars saying that even nowadays, George Lucas used this template to build Star Wars. Mm-hmm. It's called like the hero's tale or the hero's journey, I think is. Um, but it's kind of just a big circle, and it's got like, you have to have this point, this point, this point. But I would like to go through those bullet points and kind of discuss yep. how close was uh, Lucas's A New Hope to... The because it's when you start reading through, it's like God, it is right fucking on. Yep, yep. So we'll be pounding through with, that, and What's same up? with with Ray and Force Awakens too. We can, yeah, we can do the same the thing. Two. Yeah, uh, not too many yeah, other things. There was another ranking. 
um, that I saw on Ranker.com. It was the, the top 10 most destructive Star Wars super weapons. Ooh. And just to give you an idea, the Death Star is only three. It's number three. Ooh. So it, it's it's a cool list. We'll go through that because there's a lot of stuff on there that's like Legends. Mm-hmm. Um, well, but, of course. Uh, it's yeah. still awesome. Still mm-hmm. awesome to go through. And just a quick shout out. I put Boom Shakalaka up there because... I wonder what NBA that was. Jam, NBA Jam was 25 years ago. Oh, uh, shit. I think yesterday. Yeah, the re- release for NBA Jam uh, was 25 years ago. That's crazy, man. Man, that is... I remember multiple <laughs> nights just sitting in my... Have, <clears throat> have somebody over and we're just sitting in my living room and playing NBA Jam. And all we wanted to do was run back and forth, doing dunks the entire time, trying to, to break the glass on the backboard. We just spent hours trying to do that over and over and over and over and over. That game was so fucking sweet. Oh, yeah. And I liked all the uh, the little like cheats that you could do because there was one cheat where you just like play as Bill Clinton. Yeah. And like why I would love, truly love if they built that stuff into games nowadays. Yeah, that'd be nice. And I know like the fallouts have like small little things built into the game, but it's not like a cheat code. I would love to play Battlefront 2. And we were discussing on the Patreon call. To do like a special thing where you could just be Watto and run around and like shoot that da- Terry's at people or something stupid. I would just make love deals it. with people. Yeah, I would absolutely love it. I thought <laughs> I think it'd be cool. So as we do every episode, boom shakalaka, boom shakalaka. All right. So for those of you that were bitching and complaining, I didn't get something that I've had before. Finally, I know the last two episodes I was trapped for time and I got stuck with something, um, but I saw this immediate. I was specifically looking for something for the anniversary episode. But I saw what this. Is it? it caught tell my me what eye. it is. Shut the fuck up, man. Preamble is important. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's from North High, which is here in Columbus, and it's all Star Wars themed. Oh shit! Stardust to Stardust. And I don't want to put them on blast because this is like the Star Wars font. I don't want to get them in trouble or anything. But <laughs> Imperial IPA. No, that's awesome. It's yeah, it's cool. It's very. See, it says it was kind of based off of uh, music and stuff, but they definitely used Star Wars. Obviously, it's in space, and they used the Star Wars font, but. I was like, absolutely perfect. So I, I nabbed it. Nabbed. I nabbed is, that it. A, is that like a true word in the dictionary? It's English. It's a way to pick up beer. I nab it. Nab the up. beer. Um, <laughs> what you got? Yeah. Logan, Logan says, hey, look at the copyright font. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I came across this. We went on a beer run. Uh, it is called Midas Touch. <laughs> I saw that today. the other day. Wow. Uh, and I, the reason I picked it up is because it says it's an ancient ale. So I was like, I don't know what the hell that is. I got to try it. Yeah. Uh, and then I started really looking at it and it says here, it's somewhere between a wine and a mead Ooh. and it's 9%. Wow. So I'm, I'm really excited because I've never had, I don't think I've ever had uh, mead. So I'm excited to kind of take this step. Or it's something different. Yeah, I did see that and it caught my eye for two things. It said the Midas Touch. And I was like, is it a brake pad beer? And then yeah. <laughs> it also said Ancient Ale. And I was like, what is an Ancient Ale? Never heard either of these things before. Ancient Ale. So I'm going to bust this open and do a smell test here real quick. I don't know if I ever showed you this. What? I bought this in Connecticut. Let me see it. It's an oh, anchor. It's a, a cast iron beer opener. Bottle that's opener. awesome. But it's it's super. Heavy. You can knock someone out with this thing, like your uh, Han and Carbonate. I think you left that here. I have it. Yeah, it's it, this actually might be heavier because it's cast iron, so it's it doesn't work perfectly because it's not as sharp, but uh, or as well made. But 
I don't know. I, I really like that throwing this, star like, and start knocking people out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if, if I can't open it, I'll just crush the bottle with this. And I mean, it's open one way or another. Uh, Tommy Boy. Well, we'll talk about that later, actually. I'm not going to try to divulge topics already. Woo! Divulge it. Ooh, it smells very good. Cast iron church key. That's right. Oh, man. It smells fruity. Uh, the reason that I, I said Tommy Boy is because he was in town for a few days this week. And we had... There's a brewery right next to my new apartment called Hoof Hearted, which I think they named purposely because it sounds like Hoof Hearted. Ah, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Outside yeah, of Kerner's normal voice. <laughs> Everything Kerner ever says. Uh, and it's cool. I mean, they have this really goofy cartoonish style and these dumb names for all their beer. I mean, it's supposed to be kind of dumb, just like us. So I finally had some of their beer and it was... It's actually really good and very, very fruity IPAs, which is what reminded me of this scent. It smells good, though. So I got... Uh, it's got a quick description here. It says, a liquid time capsule brewed with a 2,700-year-old King's Touch. It's got malt, barley, honey, white mus- musket. Uh, oh, white musket grapes. Musket and saffron. Grapes. Wow. So this thing is just I got a little bit of everything. <laughs> uh, this doesn't say the type. It says crafted with the most interstellar hops we could find. Doesn't say what kind they are, but we'll just say they're uh, Mustafar hops. Gonna taste out of this world. <laughs> I'm done with that. All right. All right. Well, cheers. We'll try this. Cheers. Four years, motherfucker. Four years, motherfucker. Mother click click. Mm. Ooh. Ooh yeah. This is, uh, I'm, okay, so I'm kind of already confused (laughs) because all of those words, and it's, this is a very simple tasting beer, which I'm not saying it's bad or good, but uh, all the build up and the ancient ale and the brake pads. Yeah. (laughs) Brake pads, you might as touch. Uh, yeah, this is a very simple tasting beverage here. Mm -hmm. No, it's good. It's good though. I was looking this up on Beer Advocate. I'm trying to see what the type of hops are. And it doesn't say because I, I'm not at the point where I can taste something and know what the hops are. Right. I recognize it, but I don't know the the, the actual type. But it's very good, man. I dig it. This is. I've only had one or two things from North High. And I've never been a huge fan of North High. I'm not gonna lie. When I was local, uh, but go ahead. I just wanted to, I wanted to say that. Okay. <laughs> I wanted to get that out in case anyone from North High Brewing Company is listening. <laughs> Step up your game, bitch. I've, I think I like their pale ale a lot and I haven't really had much else. But uh, so Whole Foods, one awesome thing is that they have a really, really, really good beer selection, especially for local stuff. And I've, I've never seen a can like this. So, I mean, they carry stuff that I've never seen before. Um, but yeah, it's good. No, I, uh, and I have to actually take that back because I, I'm confusing North High with the other one, which, which got like the saw blade beer, whatever that, what, what's that? Uh, fourth Street? Fourth, fourth no. String. Fourth, fourth String. That's oh, it. Yeah. I, those, yeah, I got those two mixed up. So I take it back. I'm sorry. We love you, Fourth String. I mean, we love you, North High. <laughs> North it. High. So you're confusing the hell out of me, man. Um, I'm going to, I'm trying to take this beer in and really try to understand it, but it's, it's a very smooth, easy drinking, and then it's got like a slight uh, alcohol 
burn at the end. Um, it's not very carbonated. I tried to pour it and really agitate the carbonation or whatever the hell you call it nowadays. Uh, and it wasn't even having it. It, it poured more like a, a wine. Well, that, it, they explained like it was kind of like a wine. That's what they said. So maybe that makes sense. <laughs> fuck, fuck you. <laughs> We're still sarcastic assholes four years after the fact. That's how we started. Oh, it, what, what should we do? Go record this shit? Yeah, let's fucking dangus. Let's fuck around. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, man. It's good, man. It's balanced. You haven't said too much about it, though. But so it's out of this world? Yeah. It's intergalactic planetary. That's all, <laughs> that's all I'm going to say about it. That's all I'm going to say about boys. it. It's intergalactic. Boys. Yep. Intergalactic planetary. I low-key love that song, by the way. Oh, yeah. I will bump to uh, intergalactic all day. Yeah, that's probably my favorite Beastie Boys song. All day in the car. I don't know if we uh, ever mentioned this on the show, but <clears throat> I came across a video of the Beastie Boys performing on SNL from the 90s or something. Yeah. And I didn't know until I saw the video that they actually were a band and played instruments and wrote the songs. I, always, I knew they were. They wrote the songs. I didn't know they played instruments. Yeah, they were like guitar, drums, DJ, everything. It was awesome. I, I wow. always just assumed that they, you know, made the beats and they rapped over it. But yeah, they performed live. Um, Sabotage. It, it was fucking oh, yeah. sweet, dude. It was awesome. No, that's cool. I'll have to look that up. We were ju- we were just having a, a similar conversation. Uh, we were we were just uh, going through YouTube. Just streaming different uh, musicians and that sort. So we were watching like a Lady Gaga, and mm. we were talking about how good she is. Yep. We we're kind of discussing. Well, she writes all of her stuff. She's like uh, musically talented, mm-hmm. and like she, there's more to it than just being able to sing. Yeah. You know, and you can tell it because if you put like a Lady Gaga song next to a Britney Spears song, Britney just sings it. She doesn't do anything else out of it. I feel. Um. So I feel like that's something that sets someone like a Lady Gaga apart. Yep. Yes, indeed. I was watching, I was home with the, the in-laws and we were watching some uh, tribute to Tony Bennett. Mm-hmm. And she performed there and it was incredible. She's probably one of the best performances on the whole thing. Yeah. And she, I know she did a few, a few jazz songs with him too, a few years ago. And she sabotaged the fucking Metallica duet thing where she turned off James Mike. Remember when Lady Gaga and Metallica were performing together and James' mic was off and got pissed and stabbed that child in the front row with the <laughs> yeah, mic? she didn't sabotage him. Yeah, it's... Oh, oh, I don't know. Didn't she fly across some shit last year at the Super Bowl? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a, joking. <laughs> that was a serious question. It That's hilarious that question. that was. Didn't she fly across some shit, take out an ATST? Well, if you hadn't seen it and I said to Janet Jackson, so we're titty at the Super Bowl, that sounds ridiculous too, but it fucking <laughs> happened. God damn <laughs> Oh my god! No, no I, I, I don't know anything year, about that. I think she performed hour. last year, and she was on some, I don't know, some fucking contraption. Anyways, some speeder. Speaking of the Super Bowls in three weeks, do you care? I don't care. I do. I really don't. I've never been a football fan in general, so it's, uh, yeah, I wouldn't, wouldn't watch it. The only reason that I might watch it is maybe we'll see the uh, Han Solo trailer. Oh man, Travis Dunn says my frame rate's very off. I know. Well, I'm gonna fuck around here. You just uh, keep fucking around. It's all good. I am having a lot of trouble 
rating this beer. Uh, it's not great. I'm not going to sit there and even pretend that that is a three. Yeah. But it's like, it's such a lack of ever, anything. There's like no taste. I'm so confused. Wait, really? Yeah. It's, it's very easy to drink, but. Let me look this up. I'm, cause I'm curious. It's almost, so maybe this, this is the better, better way to describe this. It's more of a mouthfeel as, a, as opposed to a flavor. Uh, that's kind of what I'm getting at, that it's more of a like a thicker liquid because it's not carbonated, so it doesn't feel as light and bubbly. Um, but outside of that, it, it drinks like an apple juice as, as opposed to a beer, if that uh, makes sense. <clears throat> All right, listen to this. I wonder how serious this is. It says, this sweet yet dry beer is made with ingredients found in 2,700-year-old drinking vessels from the tomb of King Midas. Does that mean they literally like got a cask from this motherfucker's tomb and used the stuff that was in it? Or are they just saying... I don't know. I hope that motherfucker didn't piss in in (laughs) jugs and leave it sit by his open casket because that's that's what I'm drinking. They stole his ingredients and made beer. He's not in the afterlife anymore. Don't they leave that shit in your tomb so you can like pass over? Pass over. Cross over, whatever. Of creeping death. (laughs) Exactly. Best song about (laughs) Passover ever. They should play that in church every year. Jeez. Uh, so yeah, I don't know if they used the actual ingredients or they were just they saying found those ingredients were found there. This, yes, exactly. Yeah, but I mean that sounds pretty crazy. It says somewhere between wine and mead. Yeah, I'm so it's just like the mouthfeel is kind of what I'm what I'm basing this off of because there is very uh, very no flavor. That's weird too, especially because it's so strong. It says nine percent. It's it's definitely a try it at least. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm I'm trying to figure out if it's going to be bumped up to a two. Yeah, Mogan says they leave it in the tomb so that they can use it in the afterlife. That's what I mean. Midas is up in heaven trying to get wasted, and you stole his ingredients. <laughs> you can't make beer yeah. anymore, man. Goddamn mortals down there drinking my 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 drink in the afterlife. It's good, man. It has um, it has very fruity smell, not as fruity of a taste as I was expecting, but you get the citrus that you expect in an IPA and then it balances out well and it gives you the bitter aftertaste. Not too strong in any department, which is good. And it's 8.8% and it's it doesn't taste like it's that strong. So it, it hides it well and it's rounded off. Um, I'm going to say two. I'm going to say salad two. I, uh, I, mm. <laughs> this, is, this is a difficult one. I'm just going to say one. Because I can't, I don't feel like there's any qualifications of a two that it meets, but it's definitely a try it. That's where I'm going to sit on it. Where just this is a unique thing. Yeah, we got we got so crates over here. We we <laughs> dug them up and used it. <laughs> Socrates, Aristotle beer. Yeah, yeah. So I I'm just going to sit on a, a one out of three. Oh, that's good. It's worth trying, man. It is, and and if you're not a huge beer fan, I maybe you lean towards something like this because it's it doesn't drink like a beer, so it, it's kind of it's interesting. It said it was a good, a good mix for wine and beer fans, so maybe if you're more of a wine person, this could be your could be your choice. And I I kind of um, along the same lines of what you just said, the nine percent. I'm really not tasting the nine percent. Hmm. Uh, I said that at first, but it's considering that it's nine. 
and I'm not like burning my esophagus. I'm not tasting the 8.8 either. Jeez. No, it's good. good. I want to know because it says this Imperial IPA is inspired by some of the greatest music ever made and crafted with the most interstellar hops we could find. So I want to know why they're talking about inspired by music, but it's all Star Wars. I'm going to have to go to the brewery and ask him. <laughs> like, what the fuck, guys? Made out of real bits of uh, Luke Skywalker's <laughs> robe. That's how you know it's good. Speaking of beer and the Han Solo movie, we love <laughs> to do... <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Sorry. Just random transition. But my wife does that all the time, by the way. Oh, I know. I've well, met her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. She starts to notice it, too. And she's like, shit, sorry. <laughs> She'll be halfway through a conversation with herself and then mention it to us halfway through. Like, I don't know what you're discussing at all. It was like the night before she was talking about something about her Instagram. And we went to bed. And then in the morning, I was making coffee. And I was like, do you want any coffee? And she's like, so what about that guy? I was like, what the about. Yeah, she's like, "Oh, my Instagram." And I was like, uh, "The thing that we talked about twelve hours ago." <laughs> that uh, I don't know. I still, well, I wasn't listening twelve hours ago. You <laughs> exactly. think I have anything to and say I'm now? Still not. <laughs> so, anyways, about Han Solo and about local craft beer. We we love to do a beer with a brewery here in uh, Columbus for the new Star Wars movies or events. Um, so, we're, for the one for Han Solo, we're going to be doing with Wolf's Ridge Brewing. So excited! Which is one of my favorites. So, no uh, details yet. We haven't done the preliminary recipe and meeting and all that shit but I'm excited because I know I know you like their that coffee uh, one I've never uh, had a bad beer that's one of the few breweries where I've never had a bad one I'm trying to think of another because I know Jackie O's is up there for me mm-hmm. uh, Ryan Geist is really good there's a mm-hmm. lot man there's a lot of good breweries now Ohio's killing it they they are mm-hmm. they are mm-hmm. but I, I did have a bad Great Lakes a couple of weeks ago. Ooh. Yeah, I've never been a big fan of Great Lakes. Now, Dogfish Head, on the other hand, I they're kind of up there with a stone. As soon as you are drinking a Dogfish Head, it's got to be like 8% or higher. Yeah, like they do. Like their 60-minute IPA is like 12.5%. It's I like, can't do it. Yeah, they do like making that shit strong. I like them strong. That's what I was wondering what that 90, 90 minute, because it's a, there's a 60 minute and 90 minute. I was wondering what that. That's the IBUs, I think. I think that's where you black out after you've had one. <laughs> uh, 60 minutes later, you ain't yeah, got how many minutes until you fucking die? <laughs> yeah. It's the countdown to destruction. <laughs> Mikey's asking about how our, uh, our last beer turned out. It was good, man. It was it very was good. It was really good. Surprisingly delicious. You know, Travis is here in the chat. He said, He's not a beer guy and especially not like a dark beer coffee type of beer guy and thought it was delicious. So we got a lot of compliments on it. So props to Land well, Grant for crushing it. You guys know how I am with the the, the super dark beers yeah, and the exactly. porters and the stouts. It was so good. It was so drinkable. That's why I was really happy with it because I'm not a coffee drinker and I don't like porters or stouts. But And it was two out of two on the, on the strikes there. But uh, it was so drinkable, so good. We... I, uh, I was very happy with them. Very happy. Yeah, and it Langrat, was easy. Langrat's always legit. Yeah, Langrat's killing it. And it was, uh, since it's coffee-based, made it a little easier to drink in the morning. So when we got to World of Beer at like 9 a.m. to start setting up, we cracked a few of those open. It's delicious. Kerner was r- rolling the die. Dude, oh Kerner rolled like 14 <laughs> chance cubes, I think, <laughs> and drank 
I gotta, I gotta find that picture, man. The, the pictures of him from that event. He's just sitting on stage, force choking the ceiling. That's what he was doing <laughs> half, half the event. So, all right. Oh my goodness. Episode one thirty four years later, still drunken bastards. Still drunken right. bastards. You know it. Um, let's do a quick one here. Uh, so, I, I mean, I'm probably three chapters in. Uh, so I haven't spent a lot of time on the Ahsoka book, but it's it's a very I easy I feel reading. like this is how this always happens. It's like, shit, I got this new Star Wars book, and I'm only like three sentences in, but I want to talk about it, and then I'm not going to finish it, and then we're going to forget about it for the rest of the show. Well, yeah, very true. So we'll, uh, let's just move on. Uh, <laughs> Fuck everything. It doesn't matter. No, and it's it, it was... I think it was even in the introduction of the book... Uh, where I pulled this this quote from, but I love the banter that Ahsoka brings to fights because she talks shit. Uh-huh. And it's such like a precise talking shit that's like, ooh, I felt that one. Um, so right off the bat, I think it's, yeah, Maul starts confronting Ahsoka and they're about to fight. And he's like derobing and getting ready for battle and they're like bantering back and forth, yelling at each other. And he he's... Uh, punch or throws a jab saying, Oh, this is going to be easy because you're not even a real Jedi because she left the Jedi Order. Right. And she said, uh, Well, then it's going to be a fair fight because you're only half a Sith because oh, he got shit. cut in half. And I was like, Ahsoka, you a bad <laughs> bitch. I love this shit. Let's keep doing this. I don't even want him to fight. I just want to hear the back and forth, <laughs> like a rap battle between Ahsoka and Maul. Let's fucking do it. Let's fucking do it. I love it. That's awesome. Yeah, and that was it was like the second page. I read that. I was like, oh, this book's going to be great. Yeah. The other thing that I uh, I didn't even write it here, but the other thing she was uh, going through her mind and kind of understanding like what happened for her to like leave the Jedi Order and all this. And then she looked across the battlefield at, at Maul and was kind of thinking like, what had to have happened to that guy for him to be this evil? Because... She was kind of along the lines of, you're not born evil. Like, something terrible had to happen to Maul for him to end up this way. Which I thought was cool because he was used, abused. Right. Palpatine just kind of, you know, like a like a a dog, man. I mean, he just, he beat the shit out of him and, and you know. Yeah. So, it, I, I liked the, to, it was almost refreshing because it wasn't like Ahsoka looking across the battlefield and just thinking, this guy's evil, fuck him. But she was actually thinking like, Man, this poor soul across the way is so just engulfed in hatred. But well, we why? don't get to see that side of things usually because when it comes to a fight like that, <clears throat> by the time we get there, it's just a fight. It's at the end of yeah. the movie or like the climax of an episode of a show or something like that. And it's usually just a fight. And sometimes there's dialogue. Well, and but most, we don't most of get... the buildup's going to be, okay, good versus bad. That's of what course. they're doing. Yeah. Belt. And once you get there, you don't have any questions. It's like, okay... We already know. Yeah. Yeah. So it's cool to see without dialogue what's happening in somebody's head during the fight, what they're thinking about. No, I uh, I am th- three chapters in and I'm wholeheartedly happy with this because we've never really seen anything from Ahsoka's point of view. We see her banter back and forth with uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan and you, you kind of know where she stands, but it's those inner thoughts. That's, that's why you read the books. Mm-hmm. That's why I love the Vader book because mm-hmm. you get to see behind the mask. One thing I will say, so we complain about, I know how you love the Vader book and we kind of are annoyed that it's not canon anymore. But one thing I will say from reading part of the Vader comic series is that they definitely kept 
they definitely kept his anger and aggression and stubbornness and rage. Even though that book's not canon anymore, they kept that through through what they're writing for the new Vader series, which is good. I don't even understand how they wouldn't keep it. No, I that understand. Is Vader. But like, but because from us, before we started reading those comics or that Vader book, we just see the movies. So of course yeah. he's evil, but you don't actually get to see inside his head. But I'm glad that they kept that anger and rage and everything, which was they didn't go a whole another direction with Vader, which is good. Um, Travis is if- asking. We didn't see the ghost in Last Jedi like we did in Force Awakens. I don't think we saw it in Force Awakens. We saw it in uh, Rogue One. He's asking, do you think the ghost made it into the sequel trilogy? I say, I hope not. (laughs) For those guys to live that long is kind of crazy. We do know from one of the silly Forces of Destiny things that the ghost makes it to as far as uh, Return of the Jedi. Really? Yeah. So Hera, Hera and the ghost at least make it all the way through episode six. Jesus. We don't know about the rest of the crew or what they're going to do in Rebels to like end them. I hope that everybody dies. But <laughs> I know that's so cruel. You but said like, no, like nonchalantly, just like, I hope everyone gets murdered. I've been saying that for a while. I mean, it's even no, if I, I wholeheartedly agree, it was just the way you said it. Even if I liked the show. I think it's too perfect for them to not die at the Scarif battle. It just sets it up great. Like, and then you could watch Rebels all the way through. It ends at Scarif. Rot's Rogue One goes into a new hope. And then you like it just it just ties in too perfectly for them to not do that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a perfect transition because uh with with you mentioning Scarif, because I, I watched Rogue One. And I, I've already, oh, I was always very happy with the movie, but I watched yeah. it last night and I just kept staring at it. Like, of course, you you watch it to analyze it the first time to understand everything, yeah. and you and then you watch it to like criticize it, like what what's bad. And I, it was almost like a, I was just watching it. Yeah, I wasn't like going in doing a with it a, a specific agenda. And I sat there and was just amazed. Mm-hmm. The K two, mm-hmm. I mean, outside literally outside of the Borgullet. I was so happy with the whole fucking thing. Um, I liked Besides how they built. Colin, yeah. How they, yeah, I like how they built um, Jin's background. Even though we saw her mom and dad just kind of briefly, and her dad plays a pivotal role, but it's not on screen a lot. Mm-hmm. But it's it's based around just kind of her family. But they go in so many directions. Um, they 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 bring up new worlds, dude. That world that she lives on, where she's. Uh, where she's a or they're farmers. I love it. I love it. It's like a mountainous black desert. Dude, what the fuck? That's crazy. Girl. <laughs> Riley says girl. Um which never uh, happens. I so funny. I was just very very happy with it. Uh no complaints. Like from from the U-wing from U-wing sweet. Even though they again go undercover, they just put on a stormtrooper shit or whatever, and they go undercover again. I was like, but, but they don't come out. Like K right. two dies, right? And then they jump up and and uh, casting gets shot, and then they all die regardless. Yep. Like yep. I love this because that's war, and 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 it makes four better. I we've always said yep. that, but it really really does because that ending scene, and they, dude. It's one intense, of my right? one of my favorite parts. Not only is it Vader obviously annihilating, but the, the lead up to it, where everything is, you hear the sirens, wow, wow, and then you hear the 
like the creaking and moaning of the metal of the ship. Yep, that's so cool. Like, like you're on a like you're on a like a battleship. Yeah. Those, everything's moving and creaking. Yep. And that's all you hear is that creaking, so and then sweet. you hear his breath. It's just beautiful. It's a beautiful movie. It is. I, I um, so after this long rant, what we're gonna I'm gonna try to do is re rank because I think it's it's been pushed up. Ahead well, of probably a couple. I would say, hands down, I think Rogue One has the best cinematography of any Star Wars movie I've ever seen. Yeah, the swooping from the battle to the battlefield. or Yeah, the Scott, the, it's incredible. So the, the, whole, the, whole, the, yeah. the whole way it was shot and the CGI looks better than any Star Wars movie, I think, even than The Last Jedi. Like those big, big open shots at the Death Star and the Star Destroyers floating in front of it, it looks real. It looks like they went in space and filmed actual ships. Like, that's how real it looks. K2 fits in like they built a droid suit and had yeah. it on camera. Like, it's that good. Yeah. Like, no, that, I, that, I agree. that's hands down the cinematography in Rogue One is the best. Um, it's on Netflix. So I've, I usually that's just, I, I have something on while I'm working at home and I, I've watched it a few times in the past month or whatever since we've moved. The character development, obviously, that's the one big complaint. The but Borgullet, that's not what the movie is. I understand. I understand. Me. I understand. I know. I know. And I I'm think a Star Wars there's. Too. I'm a director too, and I think there's a <laughs> little. There's a little too many scenes opening into a brand new planet that we see three seconds of, and then we're off to something else. I think that's a little. I think that's a little overdone. I understand, but I think they shoved a little too much of it in there. It's like all like we're landing on a planet, and here's a scene for three minutes. And now we're off. Now we're landing on this new planet. Three minutes, we're done landing on this new. Like it's a little too repetitive. That I, and the character development are like the only, the only complaints really. The last third is perfect. The and the Borgallet is the, is the one goofy ass thing about the movie. They say Travis they say Dunn hope and, fourteen uh, times. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I, no, I, I was just saying. I was finishing off by saying they said hope 14 times. Travis Dunn uh, mentions mentions the transitions were so much better than the Last Jedi. Uh, even me and a friend talked about how Empire Strikes Back had better transitions than the Last Jedi. No, I completely agree on both aspects of the Last Jedi having clunky transitions and Rogue One having great transitions. Mm. I'm torn on that, man. I mean, I'm not a filmmaker, so I don't know, like, specifically. Oh, no. I was so pissed that, that, um, and I've already sung my praises about The Last Jedi, but at certain points, you, they, they, it's like Ray versus Kylo, and they're, they're floating and pulling on the, the lightsaber and something, and it just cuts to, like, a scene that doesn't fucking matter. Uh, and it's like, it's like, wait, well, I you know got all those happening things happening at one time, time, but you can't. No, I thought that was no. good. I thought it was good. I thought that if they're gonna do that, do it what how Episode One did it, where if you're gonna pull away from an epic uh, showdown, go to something else that's equally as epic. Where at the end of Episode One, they're jumping from the palace getting stormed by Padme, and then there's the starfighter battle, and then there's the Gungans, and then there's a uh, mall. We've got all four of those things bouncing around, and yeah. I know it's a lot, but it it keeps that epicness, that epicality. Of it, uh, no, I, 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 I was epicacity. I still, I, epicality, epic, <laughs> epicnicity. Um, the uh, the last that I felt is still a little clunky. The uh, Rogue One, I completely agree. You swoop in. They're talking about the shield thing around a thing. 
that you see a couple X-Wings come down and then you swoop down to the battlefield, which is actually what's fucking happening. I was like, perfect. Yeah, but I feel yeah. like the I think the cuts in this shit in Ro- in the first third of Rogue One are clunky also. I feel like it's way too quickly paced and it's clunky. I'm not catching on to everything. Not, and not, then not, and then once they finally get to Jeddah, then you can spend like 12, 15 minutes in one spot and get this whole scene out. Well, so the transitions themselves weren't clunky, but they just didn't spend enough time because I felt like the transitions made sense. Um, and they well, were still building the movie. Sense, but it just, I don't think it, it didn't come off as well as it could have. Because I think in Last Jedi, they also make sense. But they... Wait, whoa, whoa. So let's rank this. Do you think the Last Jedi uh, transitions were equal to Rogue One? I, I had an issue with them the first time, but I don't think there's any problem with them after watching it multiple times. Okay. I would definitely put uh, Rogue One transitions above. And that's such a nitpicky thing to say and to even rank. But yeah, yeah I would... I think uh, Rogue One's cinematography and the way they shot and the way they transitioned beautiful. was just beautiful. It was. Um, there was one thing. I'm, so, like, we talked about how we didn't rank or we didn't um, review Last Jedi after our first viewing because we would be caught up with the expectations and pissed and blah, 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 which we were. <laughs> I think we came out of Rogue One really, really loving it and kind of, like, just awestruck by what happened. And I think that's because we had that event. It was at the theater. We were busy planning that. We were having drinks. We were hanging out with the artists and everybody. And then we were like scrambled and had to like go into the theater and just sit down and watch a movie. Like we didn't have time to think and we didn't plan like super crazy theories that day. We were just so caught up with everything else that by the time it came around to watch the movie, we just got to sit down in the theater and watch the movie. And I think it helped our mindset when we went into that thing. So we weren't worried about like going within an agenda. Of course. Yeah, exactly. And even if we were earlier in the day, like we were so busy with the party and everything that when we got into the theater, we just forgot all that stuff and we're just sitting there watching the movie. Well, it also didn't have the buildup of The Last Jedi. The, True. The buildup of The Last Jedi is so crazy. True. And we've already, at that point, it had been, um, we've already had The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. So this was an offshoot movie. So we did, we were like questioning it, how it was going to happen. But we weren't like, Overly critical of overly critical. Um, <laughs> never okay. listen. Never listen. I listen sometimes. I just thought it was funny that we, for seven and eight, we went in, didn't like it the first time, didn't love it the second time, and now they're like one of our favorite movies. Whereas Rogue One, we came out the first showing and we're like, I couldn't believe what happened. And it leaves you on such a high with that Vader scene, and then it goes right into A New Hope. Like it leaves you on such a note. You're like, that was like the best Star Wars movie I've ever seen. And then watching it again, then you notice more stuff. It's like they go the opposite way, if that makes any sense. I, uh, I mean, I just proved it that wrong because that my last <laughs> last time I watched it, it was the best viewing ever. Uh, like I said, I, I wasn't going in trying to do something. I just watched it yeah. as a no, I know as a mean. oh, not even as it's like a Star Wars fan. I watched it as a moviegoer. Does yeah. this make sense? What are they doing? Um, and I, I obviously you have to. You're gonna have some reservations of a Star Wars fan because that movie is fan, a fan film. Yeah, I mean, and the stuff that I do have to complain about is is nitpicky. Borgal, it's dumb. Throwing in those two jackasses from the cantina, R two and three PO, just like. But again, I don't even want to use that in a in a ranking or like a, a justification of a movie because, as we've said, we should just change the title of our podcast to "There's Dumb Shit in Every Star Wars Movie." <laughs> and we're going to talk about all of it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, 
So no, yeah, I, like I guess you, do you want to rank first or do you want to want me to go? You go first. Okay. This is going to be tough. Yes. Because now tough. I, I, I'm not only moving Rogue One up, but I have to like reevaluate The Last Jedi again. So And Empire Strikes Back. And maybe push Return of the Jedi further down your list. Man, this is the toughest. Ewoks, Borgullet. Ewoks, Borgullet. Dude, eat the Borgullet doesn't save the fucking day with sticks, okay? Neither do the Porgs. Porgs are, I'm so happy with the Porgs. Mm-hmm. I was so happy with them. All right, let me I need to throw a Porg scream in our intro. Let me sit here and think. <laughs> Should we go back and forth? I don't know because <laughs> they're, they're, my like top five are jumbling right now. I know. I feel I know. like episode three has to drop. Well, but I've watched episode three more. Well, obviously because it came out 10 years ago, but yeah. I, I would still watch episode three more often than all of them, which is weird for me to say. Seven is still easily on top for me. And then there's this jumble of eight, five, Rogue One, three, and one, all like tied for second place at the same time. And then it's four, six, and two. I'm just, you know what? You know what? Can I just rank them like that? Can that count? Seven. And then five, eight, Rogue One, and three all at the same time. And then four, six, two. Okay. And then one all all the same time. So uh, a handful of sneakers is helping me out. He's throwing his ranking in there. So he's got eight, five, four. Ooh. Whoa. Yeah, you're wrong. You're the first person. <gasps> okay, so I, people on Twitter have been recently been sharing their orders more often than I'm, I'm used to seeing. Yeah. You are the first person I've seen put eight first. Handful. That's, yeah, no, I didn't even... I no, didn't even I realize that because I was right already now. pissed at episode four being that high. <laughs> I know you're drunk right now, so I might ignore it, but... <laughs> no, that's, that's awesome. I don't know where I would put eight. All right, let me just do this. All right. I'm just going to go super fucking ballsy because it happened last night. I'm putting Rogue One at number one. Okay. It's got one in the fucking title, all right? Um, I'm Rogue. doing Rogue One, seven, eight, mm. three, five. Uh, three, five, four, yeah, four, four, six. Two, no, four, six, one, two. Yeah, you still got one that low? Fuck. Yeah, I just, I, I like one. I really do. Uh, and I think I have less issues with one than many, many people. Um, but I, it's not rewatchable to me that often. I think I could sit there and watch Rogue One a fuck ton. I think I could sit there and watch episode three a fuck ton. I watch episode one like once a year and I'm fine with it. Because it's not that in depth. It's a lot of shit on screen, and I like it. They're 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 kind of building on the universe rather than building on the characters. So it's exciting. Yeah. But as you know, the universe. I've seen Naboo. I know it. It's a beautiful planet, and it's awesome. But I'm not going to get any more out of it than just looking at the screen. Yeah. Travis Dunn here has he has everything clumped together. Ooh, look at the the Rogue One. The original trilogy is in the top three. And then Rogue One, and then you have the sequel trilogy together, and then the original, or then the prequel trilogy all clumped together. See, I, I like that. Well, this this is kind of like a perfect example because I think this happens a lot where um, fans that are very tied to the original trilogy actually do like Rogue One a lot. Yeah. So that's, that's I, I think that's uh, very common. If 
five, six, four in whatever order you want, then Rogue One and the rest of it. Right. What? He's got three last? Travis, get shut it off. And McLean has seven last. Who are you? <laughs> What's happening? No, this is awesome. I no, I and I know we uh we we poke fun and and also just hate you guys, but it is cool to see all the different opinions because it is man, there's there's so much content out there that it could everybody takes it all differently. You have different opinions. It's different time of, of your life. Well, I think our, that makes a big difference. Yeah, and our shift. I mean, like you said, Rogue One was probably fourth or fifth place for you, and now it's the first. Yeah, I was just it changes off. I was. All the time. I, it was weird because I was like awestruck at it last night. I yes. just kept sitting there, just like I. The fact that Vader has a fucking castle on Mustafar. <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding me? I was digging it. The I, last I don't time care too. how he how he sounds like a wheezing old uh, James Earl Jones. He sounds terrible. But the fact that I get to see him yep. sound terrible in his own fucking castle. And he's reprising his role. Yeah. It's oh, my sweet. God. And the fact that we see him unsuited, non-suited Vader floating in a back tank. Yep. Like that skeleton zombie bitch yep. runs the runs So the place. cool. I know. I it's love it. So, I love it. Oh, uh, I guess it's my turn then. I, hold on. I, hold on. Hold on. Uh, huh? Real quick. Okay. Travis Dunn says uh, three would have been all right except for the last... 20 to 30 minutes of it. I have the high ground. That last 20 to 30 minutes is episode three. It's the middle 20 to 30 minutes that sucks. Yeah. That's cool. All right. Go go ahead. So seven's obviously first. Solid. I mean, I, no. And then I think I'm going to say five, row Whoa. one, three, eight. Did oh, you forget shit. about eight? I did forget about eight. Wow. Yeah, you kept going. I was like, wait a second. Seven, five, eight. Rogue one. Three, one, four, six, two. Six. So four, six, two is how yours ends now. Yep. Which like it, it was like six, six and two were, were down there for a while. Because every time I watch six, I'm just, I just. And, and five is even slipping. Like, I know it's still second place because. Nostalgia Factor for me, that's the first one I saw and that's the one that I watched like over and over and over again. But I watched it over Christmas break with my brother and it was like, yeah, there's like the middle hour and a half of the movie is just them running through an asteroid field against the Empire. Like there's... There's a space worm. There's a space worm. Like what the fuck, really? Ah, Minox. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's going to slip down as as I go. It might end up being like seven, eight, Rogue One, and then five at some point. But but my my comparison, because I feel like, like you said, every movie has its like quirks. But we all, we talk shit about the Borgullet. But when you look back, it's like the space worm. The in episode four, it's the fucking swamps worm in the trash compactor of the Death Star. Someone literally had to put that thing on there. Are they going to farm that thing out? Gotta, I gotta bring my pet. Where are we gonna hide him? Fucking trash compactor. We need to do a video where we go through every Star Wars movie and and just tear it apart. Well, we we do that in the fanboy commentary, (laughs) but we need to do one where it's like we need to do a series. Like there's dumb shit in every Star Wars movie. And talk about they're, every they're, single one in order. Just like Red Letter Media, but on like a, a serious note where you sit there and just say, all right, everybody who loves episode four, let me sit here and actually pick it apart. Let me ruin your childhood. In, in almost uh, not even like a uh, entertainment way, but just sitting there and saying, all right, like I understand this was the first one and it's awesome, but these are like my 10 things about this movie that I hate. Mm-hmm. And I think there we could easily, we should just do that. The, ten, the top 10 things I hate about each Star one. Wars as a Star Wars fan. Well, we should do top 10 things I hate about 
and then go for every single movie. Maybe yeah. top five. Maybe top five. Yeah. Because I don't think I could find 10 things I hate about seven. Ankar Plutt, Dragon Butt, Rathars. That's it. <laughs> uh, Death Star 8. Um, <laughs> you know Rathars? You know Rathars? <laughs> no, I, and, uh, I, I, we always have this conversation uh, about the ranking. Uh, so... I appreciate you guys listening to us do it a fucking again, but uh, dude, it can be done it in a while. Yeah, we, I don't that. think we've done it since eight came out because we were we were trying to, and then we were a little unsure about where to put it because we hadn't only seen it twice. So I just I just ranked mine, and I don't even know where I put eight. <laughs> Rogue did, maybe one, you forgot eight also. <laughs> no, no, no. It was Rogue One seven eight. That's what I did. Nice. No, That's, you did Rogue One seven three. Rogue One. No, I, I got to do Rogue One seven. Eight, three, five. No, you put three higher than eight. No, well, I'm saying right now, if I, if I did, I'm, I'm definitely taking that back. <laughs> Change three, on. No, three, three is falling slowly for me. Um, because even how good it was, I mean, you got to think 2005, it was the best looking thing that's ever been created. Uh, and then you, you get to Rogue One, you're like, wow, episode three doesn't look that great. And you have no and high ground. So very valid points. Yep. Travis Dunn, Dunn, Dunn. <laughs> All right, guys. Let's. Uh, <laughs> I hope no one, he's never heard that because that'd be awesome. Uh, let's move on. They were swinging around in kombucha. Yep. That's about right. Fucking. I got to tell you, man. I got to tell you. I finally liked Luke Skywalker. What first happened? Of, first what, of all, what made you change your mind? Well, episode eight is what I'm talking about. So, first of all, oh, Mark Hamill's performance was incredible. That was one of the greatest acting performances I've seen. And for him, I've only seen him in Star Wars movies and obviously voicing the Joker. But I've uh, never, uh, I've nope, never seen uh, him. He was the uh, the dick puncher guy in in. Uh... Oh yeah, that counts. Let's get that an Oscar, please. <laughs> But in terms of actual acting, like I've only seen him as Luke and he fucking killed it in eight better than he's ever acted before. And I like Luke Skywalker finally. And I never did. I never liked the cliche. Like obviously it's a hero's journey, blah, blah, blah. I don't like the main hero because it's too formulaic, which we'll probably talk about here in a second with your yeah, yeah. Joseph Campbell shit. But I always have strayed away from that stuff. And I yeah, finally well, like Luke because... Ryan Johnson took a risk and took Luke Skywalker in some direction that no one ever thought of. Mark Hamill hated it at first and still crushed the part in the movie. It was fucking incredible, man. So I finally like Luke. I'm a fan. No, I uh, I I can like appreciate your understanding of that because that's that's kind of along the lines of what I'm thinking is where I know there's this formulaic hero's journey, which we're, we're going to discuss here in a second. Yeah. I'm so happy that they pushed a hero into other boundaries. Like, yeah. A, a hero isn't what we're going to talk about here. Yep. Even though that's how it was built. Like, heroes come from all all walks of life. And I think that's where they're really pushing it because even they, they did the broom kid at the end. It's like, yeah, they, they could be anybody anywhere. And that was the key point. It, it doesn't have to be a bloodline kid coming from the boonies and figuring out I need to help. Yeah. Well, yeah. 
And I, I actually heard a, an interesting, it was a video or an article, I can't remember, but... Yeah, talk about it. Talking about how a lot of the complaints about, you know, Luke, he was supposed to be a hero and a legend, and now he's being a baby back bitch on this planet. People just didn't expect that. But this article was actually saying that all the risks that Ryan took in episode eight, he should have gone even farther. Like this person was saying that he didn't like eight because Ryan Johnson teased us with these like risks and these crazy like twists and turns that we didn't expect. He's just what he didn't go far Snoke enough. And Luke. <laughs> but he, but, but all right. So like I, my complaint about how it's called the last Jedi and Luke says it's time for the Jedi. And, but by the end of the movie, Jedi I will not end. be the last Jedi Ray's here. Going to kick it. He should have gone even farther and like literally ended the last, ended the Jedi order altogether. Well, no, this that and, doesn't and, make sense because and, I think they they change just because it, the, the movie is about The Last Jedi. Just because it changes hands doesn't mean it's still not about The Last Jedi because Rey is still The Last Jedi. It's almost like Luke was The Last Jedi until Rey showed up and was trained as a Jedi. Then there were two again. And then he, and then he, he bit the bucket, kicked the, sh- the shit, and... Now she's the last Jedi. Like that makes complete sense to me. I don't. I don't get it. I think the overall point is that, like, kind of like we said about Rogue One, as far as risks go. Yes, it's an offshoot. Yes, everybody dies. It's the first spinoff. But at the end of the day, it's a bunch of Episode Four stuff. So is the it really? A, is it, is done it done really a risk? And then yeah, exactly. That's the next thing I was going to bring up in eight. Like, it's a risk. It went away. You didn't expect. Luke's actually like in hiding. It's about the end of the Jedi Order. But at the end of the day, you know, Finn should have died in that sacrifice and then Rose saved him and then Luke was going to end the Jedi, but now Rey is the new Jedi. Just that kind of thing. I just feel like he he went right to the cusp of all of these ridiculous changes and risks and then kind of held back a little bit. Gave us enough to like change things, but didn't fully commit. That's how I feel. Truly the worst Star Wars uh, movie I've ever seen. <laughs> Is episode two. Yeah, that one's hard, man. All Speaking right. of lists on Twitter, I saw somebody put episode two like in like fifth place. That's way too high. What are you watching? Hey, yeah, you know, that's another nostalgia factor for me, man. So I feel like there's different there there's different aspects because you can watch it with nostalgia factor, or you can watch it as like a film and that there's Some, kind of things in between. Yeah. But but man, how can you be on either side of that and say episode two is good? But some people don't recognize the nostalgia factor. That's the problem. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I've seen episode one, two, and five more than any other Star Wars movie. One, two, and five. Because I've probably seen three the most. Because early on, I would always rent five from the library, watch three that shit on VHS all the time before I had seen any other Star Wars movie ever. It was just that one for like three or four years. And then I randomly got a DVD player with like Godzilla and Spider-Man in episode two. And I would watch episode two on my first DVD player, like in my room at night, every single night. So I've seen those two more than anything else. I, uh, it's funny you mentioned Spider-Man. I put Spider-Man uh, Homecoming. I bought it on my, on Xbox because it was down to like nine ninety nine. That movie's great too. Oh, it's, um, it's I know. Incredible. I just made a huge jump, but I was okay. just it happened today. Um, yeah, I was I was so pleasantly surprised with Spider Man, and they stayed true to him actually being a kid. Yep. Listen, 
I'm sick of these 35-year-olds playing fucking Peter Parker Doesn't when work. Aunt, Aunt May is 110 years old. I love how they did a young Aunt May. He's actually a fucking teenager. Yep. Oh, my God. And then they stayed true um, to the actual character. Oh, even the small things like the soundtrack, they were playing like the Ramones. Like that yep. punk rock angst, like perfect. Fucking play the hell out of the Ramones yep. during Spider-Man because that's what's happening. And like the things that were on his mind were teenager things. 100%. Should I kiss the girl? How do I? How do I like go to school and be Spider Man? Or and, and, you know, and it's my and my best friend. How he, he's going to figure it out, and then he does. How do I manage that? And right. it's just, it's such like teenage things, guys. This is a Star Wars podcast, but I'm also very happy about other shit. So you're going to listen to me talk about it. Imagine I could be able to fucking say anything right now because I'm fucking happy about it. <laughs> I was actually just going to say, hey, the only thing I had I'm just going to I'm just going to mute your track and I'm just going to talk. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> Just mute on and off. I was actually just going to say, like, I'm glad you brought up Spider-Man because I just listed out. So Infinity War is coming up in May and Black Panther in February. So I actually just listed out all the MCU movies to try to figure out like a schedule to watch them all in order up until Infinity War comes out. So I'm glad you brought that up. And once like there's going to be a lull between Last Jedi and Solo where I'm going to be balls deep in Marvel. I mean, you have to because there's only one DC movie coming out this entire year. Fuck DC. I'm over it, man. I want to see Aquaman. I'll see it. And I, I saw Justice League and I enjoyed it, but I'm not balls deep in that like I am with Marvel. No way. No, uh, no, I, I I agree, even though I like DC better, obviously. Uh, I, I agree because they have, there's so much content. They did 99% of their content so good yep. and so well that, and it all links together. Now, the one like, I don't even want to say it cringy because we all knew it was coming, but when they when they're really starting to shove a lot of people on film and in the same movie, especially in, in Infinity Wars, where they're where did you guys come from? They're looking at the Guardians. I'm like, ah, you know, that's cringy to me, but I still am gonna fucking enjoy it because I wanna see the Guardians. Oh, I love that part of the trailer. No, and, and and I don't know why. Maybe it's some something that I'm holding back with Marvel because I I've always said I'm a DC fan. They're not killing it like Marvel is. So maybe it's something stupid or just like, I've got to criticize something. Resentful. So, yeah. yeah. Well, maybe it could be. I don't know. But You're overly uh, critical. You never listen. What'd you say? Yep. The uh, the rest of the movies that are coming out, I am truly excited about. Like Black Panther. I'm so fucking excited yeah. about it. Um, and I'm, we're finally getting to the point where you've seen him on film like a touch. And then we get a Spider-Man film. We've seen in Civil War, Black Panther with touch. And he was super cool. Now we're going to get a film. DC's doing the opposite, trying to catch up with almost... They're doing it ass backwards. Yeah. We're Batman versus Superman. See Wonder Woman, how badass she is? Now we're well, now we're going to do this. But also, we're going to go back and do, now we're going to get a new Batman film, but he's been on film a thousand times. Now, I am one in a very few minority of people that thinks that Batman versus Superman is awesome. I think it's incredible. It's a great film. I, and I think I that they... It, go ahead. I was going to say, I think that as far as filmmaking goes, DC pretty much has their shit together. I yeah, think it's I just from a a managing perspective and planning. And I feel like maybe, and I don't know enough about comics, maybe I'm totally wrong, but it just, this is what it seems like from watching the movies is that they see the success that Marvel's having and they're trying to play catch up to a don't, point that it's ruining their movies. Yeah. Well, don't, don't play Marvel because exactly. you're not. Exactly. And but that's when, why I like Batman vs Superman because it was so dark. Yes, people, 
side and it got into the nitty gritty. It wasn't flash and pizzazz on screen. Right. It, it's it's the internal struggles of Batman and Superman and like the two bad guys that make fucking sense in the whole universe. Right. That's that's we. I would watch a thousand Batman movies. Listen again, DC. I would watch one thousand Batman <laughs> movies. I don't fucking care. Because I like Batman and his internal struggle yeah. and the way his villains fuck with him. Well, because right. that is that I, I feel it's it's a human aspect that it like even though he's Batman and it's the Joker, they are very human yeah. and they have human thoughts and human emotions. And you can almost start to wrap your head around like I understand where the Joker's coming from, which is fucked because he's a yeah. psycho. Yeah. And that and that's what I like about the DC universe. Now they're trying to. It's it's hard to make a movie without flash and pizzazz nowadays. Right. So I I understand oh. they're, they're. Go ahead. Go ahead. I I said a lot there. No, it's okay. It's not. I don't know. But my my what I was going to respond to initially is that you see the benefit in giving somebody creative control over a story and letting them do their thing, which I think Zack Snyder did with Batman vs Superman. It didn't pay off for everybody. I think it's a great movie, and I I love the iteration of Batman being an older Bruce Wayne to being a badass. I love Lex Luthor. I love that Superman died. And I just, overall, I enjoy the movie. You have to give people that space to make that kind of movie in your universe. And then when you go to... Biscuit, biscuit. Exactly. But you have to. But then when you go to Suicide Squad, when they try, the count, like the committee, I was listening to Red Letter Media, and they talk about the committee, like the committee at Warner Brothers wasn't happy with it or whatever and tried to make changes. They had to do reshoots. And then the movie gets all skewed because you have the corporation infringing upon the creative process and trying to craft it into They're something that's going to make them money. They're making decisions about an art. Exactly. Which, which is what you fun. have to do with... And one thing that I'm so happy that Star Wars found is Ryan Johnson. The fact that they gave they are giving this guy... First of all, they gave him eight. They just gave him eight. Written and directed by Ryan Johnson. And they're full, giving him a full trilogy. Full artistic creative yes. ability to yes. create what you want. Listen, you guys, have to have even that. if you're not happy with them, that's what Lucas had. Yes. I wrote it. Now I'm directing it. Let me let me flesh out what my artistic mind has created. If you if you and that might be the issue that with the sequel trilogy between JJ, now we're going to Ryan, now we're going back to JJ. There's gonna be some bounce back and forth, and yeah. I we had that with the original trilogy. So I it I, I just uh, but but the there's, original there's trilogy a, there's a was difference there though. by the same person. That's what I was gonna say. There's a difference there. Like the original trilogy did have three different directors, but it was the overall story, not the screenplay, was written by the same person. So that's where I think there, I think there are some issues with the way Disney's doing seven, eight, nine, where. JJ made a movie and now Ryan gets to react to that movie. It, it's just weird. It's just weird how they did it. But I think, it, I think it's obviously going to end up fine. I think I loved eight. I think I'm going to love nine. It's just strange that they did it that way. I absolutely hated eight. Kylo Scar moved two <laughs> inches to the left. Ruined the movie. Ruined it. Ryan. Ryan Johnson. All right, guys. Let's move move this. Let's trudge forward because 
it's I think it's great conversation, and we're almost rehashing a lot of different stuff. But quickly speaking of uh, the Joker and shit, though, because you brought that up. Now I have not watched the show Gotham, but I have watched the show Shameless. Okay. And where I am, kind of spoiler, if you're worried about watching Shameless, but in season five, when Ian is starting to get this bipolar psychotic shit that he has yeah. from his mom. Yeah. There was a shot, it was a close-up on his face and it showed his eyes. And I was like, he's in something else. I know it. He's and, the, I, yeah, and, I, and I hadn't, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I hadn't thought about that for the first four seasons, but all of a sudden, once he's losing his mind, I thought about that. It was, it was like, like oh, he shit. walked from set to set. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. It was like, oh, he's playing the young Joker in Gotham. And he, like, I looked up a few pictures of him in that show and like, dude, he is killing it, man. I really, you know, when I first saw him as the Joker, yeah. I sat there and was just like, really? And then I really started looking at him like, mm. that's perfect. <laughs> and I like, wonder, like, really, based on the time that that came out, if they did that on purpose. Like, well, if they timed yeah. Ian starting to get that bipolar disorder with, like, him playing the Joker in the other show. Probably not. But uh, <laughs> the fact, probably like, the uh, DC animated series, which they've always absolutely annihilated. Marvel in can't hold way. water. No, oh no, yeah, exactly. That, that yeah. Marvel can't hold water in that aspect. Yeah. The, um, but uh what I was gonna say is in I think it was the Red Hood where they, they talk about Joker's past and that he was married and there's a lot of different stuff going on. That was what that uh well, I'm just gonna call him Ian from um Shameless. Mm-hmm. That's what Ian from Shameless embodied was that pre- face fuck up joker like he, he he's just a normal guy and you could see him his mind slowly twisting into something that's almost not human mm-hmm. yeah i just yeah i i saw uh shots of him in uh in gotham i haven't watched the series i watched like same here yeah ep- i watched six episodes and i just was not not there probably because the joker wasn't on screen so turn the fuck <laughs> off um, we, I was into like the penguin stuff, and I've never been a huge penguin fan. I'm gonna sit here and say that because uh, I don't think the penguin really pushes Batman the same way. Even Bane, Bane fucks with Batman a lot, um, and I like the Riddler and the Joker. But something about the penguin is just like I'm conniving and kind of just weird and fat. Like, okay, get the fuck off. I think screen. it's the political thing. Okay, but. I just he, and it's he's like rooted. twisting the public view of Batman. Of Batman. Yeah, I mean, it might be rooted in in my uh, Batman the animated series from the '90s, where when I, as soon as I saw Penguin on screen, I like just turned it off. I, I mean, like, he's I, not the coolest dude. He's a he's a fat dude with a long nose and a fucking tuxedo. His name is Penguin. Yep. <laughs> like if I saw fucking the stork on on screen, <laughs> I'd I'd fucking laugh my ass off. But how is the Penguin cool? Like, it's just, it's a, come on, get it up. It's only because me and my obsession with Batman Returns. And when I was a youngster, I was playing Batman Returns, watching Batman Returns, drawing Batman Returns, and it was just Batman Returns balls deep all day. You know what's low-key really good? What is uh, it? And you, you always talked about the Batman Returns video game, but the one after it, the Batman Forever game for uh, SNES and, and Sega. And Genesis, I, I never played it. That is such a weird, cool game. It looks like you the actually, same type of, like, engine and graphics. Yeah, yeah. No, you can, like, equip yourself with different 
guns or abilities or smoke bombs or batarang. So you can actually play through the same level in different ways, which was so unique back then. Because you mm -hmm. could just like, all right, I picked up a batarang last level, so I'm gonna I'm gonna use that this level. Will it help me? Maybe it'll maybe will it hinder my uh, progress because it you know certain spots and it's just like right. batarang would have been fucking perfect. Here. Right. But uh, no, I I, it, I always just remember that it was really tough and I never beat it. And that's why I kept coming back to it because, well, let me try it this way now. Let me try it that way. So, all right. It took a while for me to beat Batman Returns on Super Nintendo. And I remember actually, it's a funny story that my mom brings up once in a while. That was the worst laugh I've ever heard. Ever. <laughs> it, was like a, it was a nostalgia laugh. <laughs> I remember I was like five. Oh, so I wasn't. I was pretty good at video games, but it wasn't that good. And I couldn't beat this one level on Batman Returns. And I looked at the cartridge on the back and there was like a technical support hotline number. And I called tech support for Nintendo. And I was like, how the fuck do I beat the penguin? <laughs> like it was that hard and I couldn't do it. And I called customer support for Nintendo asking them how to beat this goddamn level on this I game. I would so love I to hear that finish. conversation. No. Listen, little kid, is it working? <laughs> yeah. This is not what customer support is meant for, child. Go back. That's hilarious. I would, yeah. If only the internet was around. I know. Back then. I know. Uh, and then this, what was I going to say? Uh, I lost my train of thought. That's okay. Sorry, um, that happens all the time. Yeah. Well, we're we're. This is nostalgia, Batman Squad Pod, man. Talking about boom shakalaka. Let it roll, man. And then we're we're running. Into, you know what's funny is I always used to rent. Uh, Jurassic Park for SNE or for uh, Sega? One or two. I don't remember. It was just impossible. And that's why I kept because renting it from Blockbuster because it was impossible. And I'm like, <laughs> listen, I'm seven years old. I am prime time perfect at video games. <laughs> and I can't figure this out. This is bullshit. So I called technical support and fucked them up. You know. <laughs> that's hilarious. That was the worst thing I've ever heard. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Right, I was wondering listen. if it was one or two because I I played two all the time. And it was a side-scrolling shooter. And it was weird because it wasn't based off the movies at all. You just literally ran through Jurassic Park and had to take out dinosaurs as you were going through with your guns and shit. It was, had nothing to do with the movie. Kind of like, well, I wasn't going to say GoldenEye, but half of GoldenEye was... They just invented levels because James Bond walked into this one place and then left. And they made a whole level about it where you have to go through, kill all these enemies and everything. But, but I, that almost adds to the story because you're like, that's why he was there. I get it. Like yeah. yeah. But uh, no, I, I the the Jurassic Park one, What all I remember was shooting at dinosaurs <laughs> and I just couldn't so do it. So maybe it was two. Yeah, it was tough. It was really hard. Uh, all right. Let's do we it. Got, we, got, we got to move on, man. We got to move we on. We don't have to, but we can Fuck, let's stay right here. <laughs> Super Nintendo games, go. Top 10. <laughs> well. No, I'm just kidding. Go on. You didn't even have Super Nintendo. Let me think. All the, all the seven Marios that came out. I don't know. <laughs> all right, much. let's get into the, the main topic, which may not be a main topic because we talked a bunch, a lot of a bunch of shit. Uh, we're going to be talking about the hero's journey. What I mean by that is the template for a heroic um, story. So mm -hmm. I mean, we're talking about uh, Jangus and the Round Table. We're talking about... Yeah. Well, it, like mythology, 
anything like that. Um, it, they, they, they walk the same similar path that we're going to be discussing here in the template. Uh, and they were referring to Star Wars and how it was built around that. So what we're going to do is just kind of, I'm going to walk through the key points. So there's like, let's just call it 12. 12 key points that uh, the all of these stories have touched upon. Um, and I'm, I'm just going to read them off. And we'll go one at a time and kind of discuss how it applies, specifically the A New Hope, because that's kind of where we're at with it. Because um, when, do... when when Lucas made it, he was ba- actually basing it uh, low key off this. Literally, no, literally, yeah. Uh, we'll so, do four okay. and seven because you know seven just the same as four. So sure, and we can we can run parallels with uh, four and seven because those are unique and obviously they're they're similar in this aspect of. How to build a heroic story. And there is one big criticism of episode one, which does hold true. That it doesn't follow this. In, yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I actually found a jank website that lists this out in a Star Wars fashion. So the first key is an ordinary world. So in my mind, that means, all right, they're setting up the setting. The characters, uh, this this is what universe that they live in, mm-hmm. something like that. Uh, and I'll, I'll read the, the sentence they have here. Luke begins his adventure in the ordinary world of moisture farming on the desert planet of Tatooine, uh, which is normal for him, at least. We learn that Luke is still a child, and when he whines about those power converters, which is funny because <laughs> I didn't read that before. Uh, but we also see that he yearns for a life of adventure uh, and uh, not safe. Um, uneventful one is his uncle. That, that doesn't even make sense. Uneventful one, his uncle Owen has planned. He yearns oh, for a oh, life uh, of like adventure and yeah, not the okay, safe okay. uneventful one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to read the rest of it because it's kind of weird. So it's, it's it's more of like setting up. Everything's normal. This is this is the way of life. Not even the setting, but the way of life. And it's normal to him. So we're understanding Luke and where he comes from. And that he yearns for something. Sounds just like and, Harry Potter. Dude, that's... Ex- no. And we could we could even do that. I was so just thinking about that. Yeah, 100%. So, so we're looking at uh, Harry and... All right, he lives in... On Earth, let's just call it Earth. Suburbs of fucking England. England. Uh, but he yearns for something else because yeah. he's special. We see that he's special, but he can't do anything. And it's the same thing. Uncle Owen and uh, Harry's uncle, they play the same part. Yeah. Un- uh, fucking. Uh, you almost called him Onkar Plot. Onkar Plunkle. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's the same, type, same fucking thing. So I, I, so I think the whole purpose of the ordinary world is for us to relate. This is where he is. This is what he wants to do. And that's, and that's kind of the character development that we see in a new hope. Let's try to, and we see the same in uh, the force awakens. Yes. Yeah. We see Ray. Yep. She's a junker, but we see her yearning for something when she puts on the rebellion helmet. And it's just kind of staring off like, man, my, pa- like my parents, but I, sh- I should be doing something more. Thoughts? Um, a hundred freaking percent. It also calls to a deeper level because 
setting it up in the ordinary world is kind of like showing people you live an ordinary life, but maybe you're called for something different. Well, you yearn for something different. You want Some something different. Do. Some people do. That's what I mean. It's kind of, yeah. Oh, okay. Not everybody, but it's it's a similar thing because heroes like this usually do come from an ordinary world. Meant for nothing. He's a boring-ass farmer, but internally he's like eager for something to take him out of that existence. Well, and let's let's just point the, the yearnings out because he wants to go to the academy, mm-hmm. which he can't. So he wants to do something. Yeah, he already and showed he, a little he, bit of even that. Even if he's just, even if it's just like school or learning something like that. Yeah. But it's also low-key when he is playing with the, the fucking Imperial ship. <laughs> yeah. And it's weird and childish, but you can see him like, I want to be somewhere else. He wants to fly, he's, yeah. He's daydreaming as an 18-year-old. Oh, yeah. Like like a seven year old does, but yep. that's that's that yearning. Like I need to get away from here. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I love it. So we'll move on to the second point here. Call to adventure. It says Luke's call to adventure comes when he finds a message stored in R two D two. Help me, Obi Wan Kenobi, or my only hope. Uh, we know that the ripples of the galactic war have found their way to Luke's ordinary world, and obviously we're it we might be here real soon but the connection is obi-wan so so it's that that call we got the ordinary guy what does he need to do what's going to change him well he gets the message from r2 yeah well and i think too all right so this is an instance maybe where rogue one lessens the the mythological stories because well i guess leia was on her way there in the first place anyway so never mind i was going to say that the droids randomly end up on Tatooine and Luke finds them and it was just destiny. They do randomly. If you really want to talk about it. Kind of, but Leia was on her way to find Obi-Wan anyways. The message is for Obi-Wan. Okay, yeah. You know what I mean? I kind of, yeah, I just, I figured out my own ridiculousness as I spoke it. Um, Now, I I think uh, this is a very, the the call to adventure uh, bullet is, while it's small, Luke would have never done a fucking thing if R2-D2's message didn't say Kenobi because it's like Ben Kenobi. Right. And he made that he made that connection. Right. If she would have just said Obi-Wan, just think about that. If she just would have said Obi-Wan, four wouldn't have happened. <laughs> this droid is drunk as fuck. Get the hell out of here. Obi-Wan, that's a fucked up drunken name. You better shut up. <laughs> wipe, his, wipe his memory. But... Yeah, it, it, it's it's crazy because it almost lives up to the rebellion, how everything kind of hinges on that one thing that that one guy or girl did, and now we're here. Well, think about all of, not all of Rogue One, but the, the end of Rogue One. All of it. They decide to go to Scarif in a Ewing with only 20 people. Mm-hmm. And then just because they decided to do that, Mon Mothma rallies the fleet and they all go. They but just, what, all. If, what if she had decided No. What the hell? What are they doing Rogue, on Scarif? They're gonna and they're Rogue, gonna they're just gonna lose. Rogue One is the pinnacle movie for that though, because, yeah. dude, it's just Jin and Cassian. If either of them die in any of scene, any of scene, okay, Stephen, okay, Brule. Stephen Brule. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, next. <laughs> in any scene, it's all fucked. If K two S O isn't there to lock the door, it's all fucked. Right. If, I mean, it 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 is the. Tipping point of the rebellion. That's the entire movie of Rogue One is, all right, we know they win 909% time. 
of all the other, well, I, like all how, the other movies. I like how it plays out like that. And this is one thing that I've mentioned about Harry Potter too, is because he by himself can't do, I don't want to say he can't do anything, but he almost can't do anything. You know what I mean? It's no, be, we'll, we'll get it's there. Be, I, think, I, think you're, I think you're jumping ahead. Go ahead. Okay. All right. all right. Okay. Yeah. I think we'll have this conversation in like one or two things here. All right. Um, so keep that in mind. Uh, we'll go to the next bullet point. Uh, refusal of the call. Initially, Luke uh, refuses the call to join the rebellion. I can't say I could have several over board to do against the empire. That's, I think that's the uh, quote there. Uh, when R2-D2 runs off, uh, he wants to retrieve the droid more because he doesn't want to get in trouble uh, and, and has that like sense of duty that I need to find this motherfucker. After finding Obi-Wan no, Kenobi... He, they mean... He only went to find him so he didn't get in trouble rather than a sense of duty trying to find the droid. Well, I, okay. I read it as more of that was his sense of duty. That was his mindset was just literally finding the droid so he doesn't get in trouble. But yeah, okay. Um, but after doing so, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Luke still refuses to join uh, as... He, what, what is he He's stuck in his join. fucking farmer mindset like Mogan Lars. Like all he well, can think yeah. about is is going back to the moisture farm and making sure Owen is happy. He's not going to find R2 because he thinks he should. He's going yeah. because he doesn't want to fucking get grounded. God, that makes so much sense. It's crazy as they simplify the entire yeah. Star Wars universe here. Yep. It says, Luke, are you reading the... Uh, are you on the same page yep. here? Yep. Uh, Luke doubts his ability, which we see numerous times. And yeah. it takes like Obi-Wan to push him and to really see that you can make a difference. Luke doubts his ability uh, to be any of any help, saying it's all such a big long away, blah, blah, blah. At at the end of this stage, Luke returns home to discuss his discuss this Jesus. You can't fucking read, ass face. My I got this light and I can't read to begin with. Uh, <laughs> to Luke discover returns home to his uncle and his aunt uncle murdered. and aunt. Yeah, murdered. Yes. So that almost like forces him. Like even though he's refusing, I can't make a difference. It's so it's so far away. You know, what am I going to do? And here well, we have Travis Dunn in the chat room that is saying that if, what if the aunt and uncle hadn't been killed, would Luke still have left Tatooine? No. I think he would have still had that sense of duty holding yep. him back. I think it's, I think it's a combination of things. And it's almost, when you look at it, it's almost a random combination of things that end up happening randomly, but they happen to the right person. Like Harry Potter's thing is like because well, let's, of what let's, it, let's walk back. Well, let's walk back through ordinary world. It's already set up. Call to adventures. Those letters. Yes. Hey, come join the school. Yes. Refusal of the call. You're you're a simpleton. You don't mean anything. His uncle yelling at him. Right. I can't make a difference. Right. right. And it takes Hagrid. Right. To like come seek him out. Right. So Hagrid is the Obi Wan in that in that sense. Right. Right. And I was going along the lines of. It's like the perfect storm of things to push this random person into some important destiny that they don't think is ever would ever be part of their life. That I think that's the point too. It's like Luke and Harry Potter, like they don't ever think of themselves as a hero. They don't ever think they're going to amount to anything great. But all of but they're meant to and then all of these things happen to bring them into that role. Well, not only that, but as we look at Harry and Luke, they are both very talented, extremely talented, but they don't know how to apply it. 
Like Luke is bullseyeing womp rats. But he didn't necessarily he, know that. You know what I mean? No. Th well, that's what I'm saying is it took Obi-Wan to and, and the push of his uh, aunt and uncle's death right. into something like that. Right. But like all of that he knows, the bullseyeing womp rats, the uh, I'm not such a bad pilot, like he can fly stuff. The fact that you can do those two things, you can make a huge difference. But he didn't know that. He didn't realize that the skills that he has and the bloodline, Loki. Because uh, he spent spent his life with his aunt and uncle telling him that he should just be a farmer. Well, he probably should have. I think that's uh, part of it too. I mean, just like Harry Potter, he was born to two very strong wizards. He, in as a baby, survived an attack from one of the strongest wizards ever. But the rest of his life, from ages one to... 13 or whatever it is, 11 maybe, I can't remember. Uh, just he spent his whole life being told that he was just an average, normal person, didn't amount to much, has nothing to do, get under the stairs, fucking clean the dishes, blah, blah, blah. Same thing. Wash the dishes. You don't clean dishes, you wash them. You can do uh, both. You can do both, bitch. I got to clean my laundry. There you go. All right. Crossing the threshold. His next point here. Wait, you oh, forgot sorry. meeting the mentor. Meeting the mentor. Um, so this is going to be where Luke meets Obi-Wan after a run-in with the Sand People chasing R2 into the desert. Obi-Wan explains about the Jedi. It's kind of the setup of um, explaining... Well, obviously, he's seen Leia and the reach-out asking for Obi-Wan. And like you said, it wasn't even... The fact that he was looking for Obi-Wan, it was a mistaken... R2 went on a drunken ramble and ended up in a fucking desert, and they just ended up crossing paths um, and saying, hey, by the way, your name came up in this droid data banks or whatever. Right. Why don't you, why don't you come home? And then it just... It's the spark. Right. Because now we have the teacher and the hero getting together. Spark that will light the spark that will spark the spark down. There might... Oh, <laughs> indeed. So, well, what's in the meeting? The mentor, even though it's not the actual men mentor in uh, Harry Potter, it is Hagrid that, and even throughout the entire series, you see Hagrid as like a a men mentor, but not a teacher. I think they split that. He's like a mentor friend. He's a drunken bastard. He is, um, which I right, love. So, <laughs> I think that one kind of speaks for itself. Meeting the mentor. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the next one would be crossing the threshold. Luke leaves home and uh, crosses the threshold of his journey in the form of Moss Eisley's spaceport. Spaceport is a new world for Luke. He stops and stares at all the activity. Yeah, I've never really thought it. So he's getting out of his comfort zone is what I'm kind of reading here. Yep. 100%. So he's starting to learn about the greater galaxy, not only just being a farmer and bullseyeing womp rats. Well, okay, so now we're going to drag it back to Harry Potter for a second. It's when he gets into Diagon Alley for the first time with Hagrid. Well, even just before that, because you see him in that cantina thing. Uh, dude, It's a, we're talking about the same goddamn movie yep. here. When Hagrid drags him to that bar, or whatever it is, and they're all looking and staring. He feels like, really oh, weird, shit. and they're like... You're the chosen oh. one. Oh, yeah. But yeah. it's uh, it's along different lines, but it's the same scene. Yep. That's so crazy. Okay. Yep. Uh, next bullet point. Tests, allies, and enemies. Luke gathers more allies to his cause. Han Solo, Chewbacca. Uh, well, gathers is the wrong term. He technically hires them. Okay. 
while Luke or when Luke and company prepare to leave Tatooine, stormtroopers attempt to stop them. Uh, with the help of his allies, Luke uh, succeeds and gets his uh, power converters and is on his way to Alderaan. Mm-hmm. So the test was meeting new people, hiring them, and or gathering them. You, you, got, must- you got fucko here in the chat room is trying to say Luke Skywalker and Harry Potter are not the same. Bro, they are. They are the same. That's the whole point. That's why these stories work. That's why they're so popular. That's why Harry Potter is like one of the most popular series in fiction. It's, it's almost a more simplified Star Wars. Is the Star Wars, even though I know Star Wars is for children, I think Harry Potter went another step and just said, it's, listen, not only is this for children, it's about children now. Right. I think they went that far. And I think that's a huge step for someone to do that. Well, if you um, think that of the years in school for Hogwarts, they start at 11. Mm-hmm. Like, Harry's 11 years old, man. That's really young. Yeah. Some 11 year olds can't even make themselves fucking food. I still can't. Uh, <laughs> all right. Approach to the inmost cave. Now, I don't know what that means outside of context. So I assume it's based on the mythological version of this. So on the way, Luke makes preparations for the difficulties ahead as Obi-Wan begins teaching him about the Force and how to wield a lightsaber. Uh, so it's kind of maybe the preparation of what you're going to uh, come across. I think it's he makes the final decision to leave his comfort zone, follow the mentor, and get to this new place. But the first thing that they end up going to is it ends up being this place of conflict. Like they, they, well, they were and, supposed and it's to leading into the next one, which, which is ordeal. So yeah. yeah, like they were supposed to go to Alderaan, but he finds himself in this conflict, this place of darkness that they have to fucking get out of. Fucking get out of. Fucking get out of. All right. So next bullet point is ordeal. After Obi Wan leaves to turn off the. Oh, okay. So we're already moving on to the Death Star. Ooh, they're they're jumping here. Okay, so That's we exactly find Alderaan's all blown up, yeah. uh, and the reason why they have to go to the Death Star. Yeah, no, because they get Alderaan's gone, and then they get sucked in. Yeah, Han tries to chase so that, that Tie Fighter, and then they get a uh, tractor beamed into the Death Star. Yeah, so they they find themselves on the Death Star as a result of the blown up planet. Yeah. So the ordeal is uh, after Obi Wan leaves to turn off the power to the tractor beam, Luke begins his ordeal. The or, the ordeal is a test that the hero must overcome, usually by drawing on his skills to defeat an enemy. The rescue of Princess Leia represents his, this ordeal. Luke and his uh, companions draw on their skill to mount a successful rescue of Leia. I thought almost like the ordeal is the fact that he starts thinking that he can make a difference and he has to talk Han and Chewie into saving the princess. Well, that's like, part of it, yeah. I feel like that's, that's huge because... 24 hours ago on Tatooine, you were a little bit whining about power converters, but now all of a sudden, now that you're here, you're right place, right time, Yep. Uh, and the spark of the sparks. Well, that's what I was going to say. Now, he feels like he knows what the right thing is to do, and he has to convince everybody to help him out. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like it. Uh, however, the minor success is not without loss, as Luke's, Luke witnesses Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan's death at Vader's hands. Um, Vader's hand. <laughs> That's how he died. Get it. All right. Uh, next bullet point. Reward uh, or and or seizing the sword. Luke emerges from his ordeal a worldlier, 
more adult hero. Not really. He goes and pouts on the fucking chessboard. But <laughs> keep going. <laughs> well, yeah. And yeah, he, he pouts about Ben's death. Um, but I think the, now that he's got... He, he, it's a small success. Because yeah. the reward was he, he actually saved the princess. Yep. So now he can go back and say, look, I made a difference. Let's fucking get together and, you know... Well, and that wait. tied with his mentor died and he doesn't want that to be in vain. So he joins the rebellion to, you know, live up to what Obi-Wan expected of him. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, next one, the road back. At this point, the hero typically uh, begins his journey back to his. Are they assuming all oh, this fucking sexist bitch? Uh, the hero typically begins their journey Back Jeez. to the ordinary world from, from the beginning. Uh, Luke begins this stage too, but he isn't heading back to Tatooine. Instead, yeah, so he's heading back to the Death Star. Yep. Wow. This, uh, it's crazy that, like, it's almost like the opposite. Like, Star Wars was made and then they created this template, these bullet points off of Star Wars. That's what it seems this, like, right? No, that, yeah, exactly. But it's the opposite. Is it so? This like there's a and there's obviously a, like a few things like um, resurrection. The final battle takes place. Consequences are very high. Luke can't fail. He ultimately succeeds. Um, and he he's reborn. It says like rebirth is usually a part of this too. He undergoes a change. He becomes a solidified part of the rebellion. He trusts Obi-Wan's words. He has Obi-Wan coming back in visions to kind of train him, even though he's not there physically. That kind of stuff. Um, well, Luke used the force, even when he's flying and doing right. the the blowing up. Right. Like, oh, your your computer turned off. I fucking power converter. This is I mean, it's when when I hear people complain about stories that sound the same, after I've read this layout of, of things and how episode four follows follows it almost to a T. I just wonder where that complaint comes from because anything that's about a hero protagonist is almost always going to go this same way. So if we apply it to seven and try to think about why people think that seven is a complete ripoff of episode four, well, it's because it, it, it follows the same structure because it's another hero's journey. Like they, they restarted Star Wars on purpose with a hero's journey with new characters because that's how it started in the first place 40 years ago. Right. Like it, it, it should have been obvious. Like it's not a ripoff of four. It's a ripoff of the hero's journey, which every like fiction story about a hero has used forever because that's just how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you. Uh, that's it. That's it. That's all she wrote. Ray begins on an ordinary world. She's a scavenger, called to adventure. A droid falls in her lap. People want to buy it. People want to steal it. First Order shows up. Finn shows up. She escapes. She keeps trying, even though she escaped, keeps trying to go back to Jakku. Uh, Han Solo shows up. She meets the mentor, still tries to want to go back to Jakku. The threshold is at Maz's place. She sees the lightsaber, sees a vision, gets confronted with that big destiny that she wants to go back from. That's a test. That's like her big test. And even kind of like the cave at, at the same point too. Like she faces the lightsaber vision and then faces Kylo chasing her down in the forest. 
goes through the ordeal. She's captured. She's trying to get her mind read. She, and then the reward is she she's realizes trying that trying to get her mind read. She's trying to get her mind read my mind. <laughs> please, Kylo, please do it. <laughs> she ends up getting her mind read, and the reward is in that moment she figures out that she has the force. Mm-hmm. Not only can she stop the mind read, that she can reverse it pretty much and see inside Kylo's head, and then it, and it, like. <laughs> it is it's perfect because they took the same thing they presented it in in newer times in a newer movie it worked i think it went off nearly flawlessly just i'm frustrated why people are mad about that because they don't realize that it's it's the same thing that's been happening in stories for thousands of years it's just on film thousands and thousands of years ago by my great grandfather yep with the flute <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. I think we're actually going to hold off. This has been a good long episode. We talked about a lot. We're going to hold off on the uh, Star Wars super weapons. So that there was a ranker list of oh, yeah. nice. super weapons. Um, but this has been awesome. Uh, episode 130. <sighs> Four <Yeah>. years, motherfucker. <laughs> Four years, yeah, bitch. Um, yeah, so thank you guys for tuning in. Rogue Squadron Podcast, you know who it is. We appreciate everybody tuning in, especially live. We've had a lot of great uh, live discussions. So if you want to join us live Sunday, fucking 7, 8, 9 o'clock, whatever fucking happened. 8 p.m. Uh, if you want to join us, YouTube's the best. Uh, you head on over. Uh, hit the, uh, I think there's a notification button. Hit yes. that. It'll just, yeah. it'll just let you know when we go live. There's a little bell. So that way you can just catch it. Um, yeah, a little bell. So we would appreciate if you went over and did that because we, we'd love to hear from everybody as we as we record. Um, yes. Let's let's run back through. I had, uh, with the beer review, I had Dogfish Head, the Midas uh, Brake Pad Touch. A do- <laughs> 9%. I did a uh, one out of three. Go ahead. <sighs> North High Stardust to Stardust Imperial IPA, 8.8%. I gave it a two. Two out of what? Two out of three, bitch. Two, if not a Colum- If you're in Columbus, make a point to try it. Go to North High and uh, and give it a try. I like it. Absolutely. Episode 130, four-year anniversary. We appreciate everybody uh, hanging with us. We've had a crazy, awkward amount of fans. I mean, from like... Day seven. How do you keep had, listening to us? I don't get it. I mean, there's people out there like uh, Matt from Ireland. He, he was on like episode eight, like live. Lone Wolf. I, I remember his fucking yep. tag. Yep. Lone Wolf was just like, hey, I just found you guys. You guys are jackasses. I love it. And then, you know, it's like three years later. Um, and so, he's in our intro. <laughs> yeah, he's in our intro now. Um, so last but not least, uh, head on over to Patreon page if you guys are a big fan of the show. Uh, Patreon.com slash Rogue Squad Pod and or just go to Patreon and search us up. We appreciate and thank it. thank you so much to all you, all you fucking crazy patrons that sent us a recording of the intro. It was fucking hilarious. I love you guys. Having the, the group chat and having the uh, the calls with you every week is just, it's a blast, man. It's fucking awesome. It is awesome because we we're always looking for like-minded. We don't have to agree on anything, but like-minded individuals that just want to hang out and shoot the shit uh, about Star Wars and or, you know, people without dicks because that's what we did uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> with the, uh, uh, I don't even know what the hell. 
<laughs> people without dicks. That's that was the main conversation in our Patreon call <laughs> uh, because we were, we were discussing uh, Game of Thrones, yeah. and we all know what happens to Reek. Yeah. Spoiler. Uh, last but not least, we got Eric Fajavajava, uh, who jumped in this chat here. Who is better, Revan or Vader? Easy. Obviously, Revan. 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 I love Vader, but Revan. You must not have seen it before. Obviously, Revan. Never heard us talk ever. Bane and Revan. Thank you guys for tuning in. Bane and Revan? Probably. Oh, man. I love. I think Bane does more, but Revan's a better character. You know, I heard Next Star Wars bet. explain. All right, so you know how the... Uh, oh, Luke, here we go. Here we go. Luke has the little um, crystal pendant thing in eight. Yeah. His little necklace. It's a Jedi Crusader pendant, which they tie back to... Uh, the Jedi Crusaders were the ones that followed Revan against the wishes of the Jedi Order to go fight the Mandalorian Wars. So he talks about this in the video. Star Wars Explained, which I usually love. He kills it. And then he says, unfortunately, it didn't last because Revan and Malak fell to the dark side. But he forgot to mention the part where Revan used the dark and the light side to his own advantage and didn't fall to either one because he's the fucking badass. Sithari, bitch. Jesus Christ. Anyways. Come on. Colonel just says Malik. I'm just going to start a YouTube channel, Revan Explained. Just Revan all day. <laughs> all day, every day. What do you think about uh, uh, Luke in The Last Jedi? Well, listen, Revan, <laughs> wait, the way he listen, wasn't there, that's why I was pissed. Mark Emma was great, but let me talk about Revan. <laughs> I love it. All right, guys. Thank you guys for tuning in. We love you. Shouting out Mandalorian jackass. We love you. We love you so much. And it's it. over. The fight oh, is over. All right, here we go. I'm having problems with my little recorder. It is deciding that I'm too fucking loud, and it will crank the levels all the way down to 5%. So hopefully that doesn't happen this time because I'm a little annoyed with it. I've recorded this a few times because my levels have turned to shit, and you can't hear a damn thing, and it's annoying. Okay. 9.45 p.m. Central Standard Time. This is the 4th of January, 2018. This is Logan Mars you're talking to right now, and here we go. Give me a second, just so you know. I might spaz out in the middle of this shit. I'm giving it my own little twist. And just so you know, I'm ADD as fuck, so I'm probably going to forget what I'm doing halfway through this. All right, here we go. Dyslexic as well. So let's try to get this done one time. Here we go. And here comes the recording. Okay, here we go now. <clears throat> All right. It's not, this is not verbatim, so I apologize if you are looking for accuracy, but I don't think that this is the kind of podcast that has to be verbatim. Fuck it, man. Roll with it. All right? Make it your own, man. Okay, here we go. I got one or two that is going to sound similar. Okay, without further ado, here we go. <clears throat> like I said, not verbatim, but I'm going to do it. <clears throat> Batman has had an awakening. Have you felt it? I don't know what to do for the second part, so skipping that. Vesgoth are soft. Hello. Wait, no. Hello. And then. Holy shit, if Frank see three penis face, not two dickhead. <laughs> Hello that. Looking. Found someone you have, I would say. Hmm? <laughs>
May the force be with us. Fucking A, Julian. There's been an awakening. Have you felt it? Holy shit. It's all. Holy shit. If it ain't C3 penis face and R2 fuck nut. Hello. Hello. Hello there. Hello. What have we here? <laughs> These guys are so fucking funny. Looking. Found someone you have, I would say. <laughs> Looking. Found someone you have, I would say. <laughs> May the force be with us. Fucking A. Good day, galaxy. Good afternoon, galaxy. If it ain't Mopar and Commander. And today, we're going to talk about Metallica. Some Marvel movies. And uh, probably Joe Rogan. All right. Whoa. It's getting pretty salty in here. Commander Cody, drop the beat. There's been an awakening. Have you felt it? Oh, I felt it. Hello. What have we here? These guys are so funny. Hello. Holy shit! If it ain't C3 Peter's face and R2 dickhead! Hello there! Looking? Found one! Found someone! Fuck! Looking? Found someone you would have, I'd say! Hmm? <laughs> May the force be with us! Fucking A! Oh, if it's a C3 penis face and R2 dickhead. Hello there. Hello. May the force be with us. Fucking A. These guys are so funny. I'm pissed. There's been an awakening. Have you felt it? Oh, there's a smoke show. What have we here? Ugh. There's been an awakening. Have you felt it? <laughs> Hello, what if we have here? Uh, these guys are so funny. Hello. Holy shit, if it ain't C3 penis face and R2 dickhead. <laughs> Hello there. Looking, mm, found someone you have, I would say. <laughs> May the force be with you, fucking A. You guys are a bunch of jackasses. This intro thing is ridiculous. <laughs> uh, I was supposed to write some guitar for you guys. I ended up being able not to make it in time. It's really, really hard to try to pick it out by ear. But um, I'll work on it continuously and submit it to you guys sometime soon. I definitely am working on another project for you guys, too, so thank you for the content. Thank you for the awesome service and the Patreon and all this great stuff. Ugh. Ugh. Well, yes. Awesome show, guys. This is Riley signing off.